Hello and welcome to For the Love of Beer podcast. My name is Phil Savory. I'm joined as always by my good friend, Mark Hardy-Johnson. Diga, bueno and oiga, hello to you. Hello to you. I thought you were going to say holla, which uh, you caught me by surprise there. There's obviously more to know about this country than meets the eye. Um, there is. Okay, we'll get to that. So, uh, for those of you who are new to the show, uh, myself and Mark are on a quest to drink 100 different beers from 100 different countries in accordance with our beer bucket list, which is behind me, which you can't see, um, but it is behind me. And big news on the bucket list, Mark, um, which, which, which you actually um, noticed before I did, that on our previous episode with Viking from Iceland, uh, after drinking that, we have actually completed the first row of the bucket list so we now have because the way that the, the, the way it's divided up is in um however many rows or 10 rows of of 10 and uh and we have now got the second row on our bucket list is now completely scratched off have you actually scratched it as well i haven't i was gonna do i was gonna sort of uh. do it ceremonially and i thought <laughs> that's even more useless for the listener than me talking about something that sat on my wall yeah, that'll waste a good 10 seconds of time just sort of scratching. Exactly. And these episodes get bloated enough as it is. So anyway, so we've got a, a brand new beer for this episode for you uh, from uh, South America. Uh, it's a beer we've never had before. Uh, Mark, tell the listener what we've got. We are going to be drinking Poker Cerveza from uh, Colombia, um, which is really interesting. It's a fantastic looking can. Right from the outset, this is one of the ones that we thought was one of the most just beautiful cans ever. It's just based on a playing cards, isn't it? So it does what it uh, says on the tin because yeah. it says poker and they've got things like heart, spade, diamond clubs. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not the easiest drink to be um, getting hold of or even finding much about, but more of that later. One really interesting thing though on the can is would usually tell you it's a 330 mil, 305 or whatever. But this is a 355 centimetre cubed can. Yes. What on earth is that about? I saw that and was like, I think this is, I, I thought, well, surely this is a 330ml can. But yeah, 355 centimetres cubed. Well, I had it next to Viking in the fridge a couple of weeks ago and noticed that it was taller. And that was what made me sort of think, what's that all about? And then I noticed. So the do elephant think in the that it's millimetres, but in... Spanish? No, it can't be right. Can't be. They must just measure volume differently. Is it like space volume of space rather than it's the milliliters same. that they're measuring the can, it in? There? Well, the can is the same. So I've got a can of Olvi here, which is a three thirty mil, and it's the same girth, but it is a bit taller. So there we yeah. Go. Um, How bizarre! Yes. Uh, where did you get the beer from again? Um, from our good friend Matthew on oh, the, yes. the Instagram. Um, I don't know because I'm a shit presenter, so I don't know where he got it from, but I do know that it was a website in Spain. Right. Um, this arrived at the back end of last year, which is fortunate, really, because if it had arrived since the 1st of January, we would have ended up, well, Matt would have ended up paying loads more um, import tax on it since the Brexit. So Yeah, which is going to bite us job. in the ass for future beers. Oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking about this, but is it? Because we don't really have many European ones left now, so we were probably yeah. going to be paying it anyway, to be but fair. They may for become, most of them. But they may be coming through you. But anyway, enough on that. 
Should we just mm. crack this thing open? Has it got a percentage? I think we should. Um, I'm not sure, but I think it's four from what I've read. Because again, Online. I can't see that on the can either. It, it's it's not really telling you much at all. This but is we'll, quite we'll, a mystery beer already, isn't it? Yeah, we'll crack into it and see. According what, to my yeah. research, while you take your first sip there, my research tells me it's a 4% beer, so it should be quite a weak one, this one. Now, the brewery is owned by AB InBev, obviously, as you'd expect it to be. Um, and they also brew Aguila, which is like we had with Iceland, the one that's sort of import, uh, exported sorry, out of the country. So it's much easier to get Aguila over here, um, obviously, than it is poker. So what, what do you think? What's your first thoughts? Um, conflicted, because <laughs> on the one hand, it's very easy to drink. So if you, if you call it like a session beer... Very, very easy to drink. But it has a similar kind of blandness that if we go way back, way back to early episodes, remember um, beers we had, was it Chili? Is it Cristal from Chili? Beers like that that were kind of like, you could, you, that were like a um, working man's, you know, end of the day, sort of cheap, low percentage dive bar type beers. The ones this you forget about. Like, yeah. This is what this feels like. In the right circumstances... I could easily drink it. It's really drinkable, but there's a there's a there is a bit of a blandness to it. Do you, do you get that? Yeah. Um, although having said that, I do quite like it. It's got that's a bit of a fruity flavour because it's like there's nothing unpleasant about it, but at the same time, it's not. It's, it's this beer isn't going to linger in the memory that much. It doesn't. No, but it's linger. It's lingering in my throat though. It's got a, a little bit of a nice aftertaste to it. There's a tang there. But the yeah. best way I can describe it is a bit like um, I don't know if this makes sense to you because I don't I don't like sparkling water, but 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 there is a kind of a the way it's sort of carbonated, it has a it has a bit of a tang to it that you sometimes get from sparkling water. Yeah. Sense. Yeah, I'm with you. It's not unpleasant or anything, you know, but it just it just doesn't it doesn't taste of that much, um, other than other than that sort of fizziness that that hits you. No, it doesn't. You're right. It's not overly flavoursome, is it? It's not on the levels of Mythos or Snow or the like. Yeah, it's, but not, it's not only. Men. I'll tell you what it doesn't taste of is lager. Yes, that's yes. It doesn't taste lagery at all, does it? No, but yet it's not like a nothing like an ale or a bitter or anything like that. But it, but it, but yeah, it, it is. Um, it, it is lacking, lacking in a in that sort of. Well, hops really that that's sort of, it does it doesn't really if you were to be poured one of these on the draft i can't imagine being able to have much a head much of a head on it no. because it's it, it doesn't seem like it it's got everything that it needs um i'd, I'd imagine it's not overly gassy either is it actually i know it's no, about it's being weird. carbonated but it's not at all but it does it gassy. does taste it does taste like it's missing an ingredient it does. You're right. So yeah. they got they got so, what part way through the, the brewing and it was like, did you put? Did you remember to put the uh, the the such and such in? Oh shit! It's the beer that's not a beer. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost you know what? It almost borderline tastes a bit like um like a really good like alcohol free lager. Ugh, it's not that bad. But it but it but it's not. 
it's not a million miles away. Like I say, it it's tastes not. low percentage. It tastes like I say, like a the, like, right. The people who people who brew it. Um, obviously, the firm is owned by AB InBev, but it's the brewery's called you know whatever. I don't know what it is. I didn't look that much. But each year, um, digressing slightly, do you remember a few years ago, Coke, Coca-Cola started putting names on the bottles, didn't they? And everyone yes. was going around and buying bottles for each other and, you know, you're finding names and you go to all the countries, they had, you know, the local names, all that sort of stuff. Um, well, what poker do is each year they have a different theme. So they release special edition cans that have got different words on, um, sort of down the side where poker is sort of yeah. vertical they'll have a different word on it and the um the theme this was a couple of years ago now but theme that year was friends so the idea being that poker sort of gets people together the strap line is poker brings friends together so it gets people together um and whatever is on um one person's can you sit as a group and discuss that topic um, so one year um, just a couple of examples for you. Me array, which means my king. So you speak about the king, right? Or whatever's king. Pff, who knows? Could be, I don't know. Could be meaning your dad. Whatever the king means to you, right? Could well, be anything. Um, and then another one was me pez, my fish. So, that, so you know, there's quite a variety of things on here. Uh, primo cousin. Um, all the, it's just bollocks, really. It's just marketing, isn't it? So they were putting uh, yeah, icebreakers. On, they were like putting icebreakers on the cans to give you conversation yeah. topics with your mates. Yeah, basically. Um, like, I don't really know why you'd need an icebreaker if it was between, you know, sort of genuine friends. But hey ho, this is a talking point, isn't it? Um, Interesting. And if it sells more beer, then I suppose it's done its job, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, what else? Do you know anything about Colombia? I know uh, that it borders Brazil, Venezuela, Peru, Panama, and Ecuador. Yep. Um, I know the capital is Bogota. Yes, it is. Um, and um, the eastern half of it is mainly jungles inhabited by tribes, interestingly. Do you think tribesmen drink poker? Or are they busy, I don't know, drinking tribal drinks? I don't know. The tribes make their own beer. Well, if we're going back to if we're going back to um, is it Kenyan tribes tribesmen that were drinking were drinking their beer and would get absolutely wankered on it. So yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, I was reading um, a post this morning about some Ethiopian tribes that beat each other with these um, metal sticks that like rods or bars or something that they fashioned. Um, and they just beat shit out of each other. Um, and like there's pictures of them, like covered in blood. Obviously, it's not usually filmed or taken pictures of or anything. And whoever wins this sort of bout wins a wife. Wow. I know. That one didn't come up in the St. George beer episode, did it? It didn't. So, hey ho. Um, What's he playing for tonight, Johnny? <laughs> oh, yeah. Pull back the curtain and it's like. Just a woman. Do you reckon that they see see the woman before they start the fight? Because if they did, they could sort of just throw the fight, couldn't they? You know, if they didn't think it was worth winning. That's a good point. Just get yourself, just get yourself beaten up first. 
it's a good point. I think you'd, I think they'd probably do it like blind date, but maybe they'd give you the name so that you might know the family that she was from and you think, oh yeah, some good stock there or something. Yeah, so maybe. But yeah, if you if you saw it and you weren't hundred percent, you kind of think, well, no, I might, yeah, I might throw this fight. It's not a fight to the death, is it? Uh, no, I don't think it is. No, um, they, they were just covered in blood and just battering each other, basically. Oh, they were start bollock naked as well, by the way. Of course. Um, uh, I, I forgot to mention that point, but <laughs> I suppose that... what you could do if you particularly wanted this woman, all you'd have to do is if you were losing the fight, just get your rod and just whack him straight in the bollocks and then yeah. it's game over, isn't it? Or yeah. is that just playing dirty? Well, they might, It depends on who... Do, I think they could all be short fights depending on who chooses to do that first. Well, that's, that's an easy way of winning because you're going to take any man down by doing that, aren't you? Most, yeah. Mm. So, any famous Colombians that you're aware of? So... Um, First one, a quick football one, then I'll move on. So football one, there's two. There's Carlos Valderrama, um, or El Pibe, as his nickname was, who was, who was um, okay, even if you're probably not, if you're around our age, even if you're not big in football, if I showed you a picture, you'd probably know who he was. Big, like, Afro hair, uh, moustache and stuff. Like, like a blonde. He was like a bright blonde Afro. Crazy, uh, wasn't he? Yeah, really, really unusual guy, um, but really good player. Um, so he 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 was uh, he, he was a um, big part of my childhood in terms of watching football and memories of World Cups and things. Um, uh, Faustino Aspria, another one going back to the nineties. Ooh, that's a good shout. He was Colombian. Um, he spends most of his time nowadays. Um, uh, dicking about, you know that you can get those um, like life's, well, I say life size, but those um, you know you can dress up as like animals and stuff. You get those inflatable T Rex suit things that you can put. Yeah, on yeah, something. yeah. You just prance about on one of them. I assume like riding a horse um, with one of these T Rex suits on. He does other bits and bobs on it. I think he's just retired and enjoying himself. What's he do on it? Is he doing anything I, I, productive? I'm or sure, just... I've seen a video of Faustino Aspria. Dressed as a T Rex riding a horse, convinced I have. Just and for if, the sake and of it. I, and if it's not real, then I, I have a I have a vivid imagination. <laughs> it's quite an odd thing to have made up if you have them. Yeah, but obviously the big the big the big famous Colombian for me is um, is uh, Shakira. Well, there's another couple of footballers. Can we just go back a couple of steps? If you want, um, James Rodriguez currently at Everton. Hannes, yeah. Yeah, um, and then, and now, I've written loads of famous Ecuador, uh, Colombians down, but I've not written his name. But you'll know exactly who I'm on about when I mention oh, the scorpion. Oh, Rene Higuita. That's the one. Yes. Yeah, Rene Higuita was the uh, man who famously so famous clipping football. Ah, um, oh, here's a quiz question for you. So obviously, everyone remembers the, the save, the scorpion kick save, where the the, the shot comes in. And he basically um, decides to jump in the air and kick it with his, put his legs behind his head and kick the ball away. Um, it was only a friendly, by the way. That's why he did it. Um, but do you know who had the shot that he saved? It was against England, wasn't it? It was against England. Um, I'm going to go for someone like David Platt. 
Wrong answer. Right era, but wrong answer. It was Jamie Redknapp. Was it really? And it would have been. I thought it was earlier than that. It would have been an amazing goal because he'd shot from about 40 yards. I mean, he'd blammed it from miles out. So he was really taking the piss that he basically managed to save it by in that fashion. I mean, Presume that got... Jamie Redknapp had seen him off his line, had he? Yeah, I think it was supposed to be a lob, um, but he hit it at a fair, at a fair pace. Um, either, either side or in the corners, he's, he's in trouble. But to be fair, when he actually kicks it sort of over his head, he's pretty much bang on the line, isn't he? Oh, he's got some serious kahunas to be goal line pissing technology, about and stuff like that. Goal line technology might have wanted to look at that. Because <laughs> he cut that wow. close. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gita, yeah, so that's a big one, yeah. yeah. He used to do a lot of... Um, yeah. Rush, uh, one of the original Rush goalies. He would. He was always like dribbling out and taking and running off and going on mazy runs and stuff. He was brilliant. Mental head. Worth a YouTube um, search. Going back to Shakira, your yes. Shakira. I'll yes. let you have her. La, 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 la. What's she doing nowadays? Because I, I only really know the one song. I mean, I know she's been around for years and she's done loads of songs, but they all sort of sound the same, don't they? It's a bit like James Blunt, all his music's the same. It's all yeah. shit, but it's the her, same. Yeah, her thing was yodelling. She does a lot of yodelling in her in her songs um yeah the the the, the big one was the um uh look at the my breasts are small and humble so you don't confuse them with mountains um that that one and then she did the one with um the the hips the hips don't lie that was another one was that a different song yeah 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 yeah. Oh, I thought it was, was the same one. Oh, no. I'm on tonight, my hips don't lie. The one with Wyclef, Wyclef Jean. Um, it was that one. Do you reckon uh, they're any bigger now? Has she had any kids? Because if she has, then you know, she'll grown out of it. Won't she? I think her breasts are still small and humble. Um, but the man to ask would be um, uh, Gerard Piquet. He's been married to her now for quite a while. Has he really? Bringing it back to football. Do you not know this? They've been married for ages. No, I did not know that. Spain and Barcelona centre back. He's been smashing well, her. For, he's, he's been um, smashing her for years. Good on him. Has he impregnated it? Has he what? Sorry. Has he impregnated it? You know, going back uh, to my. Pretty sure, yeah. But I, but I'm, 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 I'm fairly certain that her breasts are still small and humble. Uh, I shall do some research into the matter after the show. Tell you what, well, I'll get tell you what, well. You're just while you're just um, oh another another Shakira song, uh, She Wolf is another one. How that was another one. I remember that one. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to investigate Shakira's tits while you um, you just move okay. on. Okay. Well, then... on that similar note, um, another famous Colombian, Sophia. I don't know how to say her surname, but Vergara is it? Vergara. She's a supermodel. Well, she was in that. Um... I never watched it much. That Modern Family sitcom thing, she was in that. But yeah, she's not. She's not. She's not at the level of Shakira in terms of celebrity. Um, and then we have sort of a different kind of Colombian celebrity in, in, in my new favourite. Rather than yeah, famous, my probably. my new favourite. Yeah, don't want to be famous. Want to be famous. My new favourite favourite person in the world is Pablo Escobar. The king of cocaine. So perhaps that's what poker we're getting at by getting us to talk about the king. The king. 
Because yeah. I, I would like to discuss with you the king of cocaine. Do you know much about Pablo Escobar? Um, yeah, uh, well, I watched, um, I watched a documentary, but it wasn't about that he was in, but it wasn't exclusively about him, um, which is called The Two Escobars, which I really recommend. Um, which is a which sort of follows um, it sort of follows the early nineties and Pablo Escobar's kind of like rise to prominence and obviously the the drug trade. Meanwhile, Andres Escobar was a footballer, a defender for the Colombian national team, and the documentary basically follows both of their paths until the nineteen ninety four World Cup. So Andres Escobar. Um, famously um, scored an own goal in the 94 World Cup that, that, and, and basically as a result of that they were eliminated and then he returned home to Colombia and was assassinated wow they killed him um, and there's, there's the, the, the documentary kind of explores sort of the murky ties between Escobar were they related by the way they weren't related but Escobar had um, a certain influence or involvement, uh, an interest in the football team. Um, so there, there is a loose connection between them. Not that they were friends or anything or associates. It's just there is a, a was a bit of a connection with Escobar and his influence on everything in Colombia and the national team. And then, as a result of what happened to the national team, what happened to Andres Escobar, it's all kind of tied in. So, um, yeah, it's worth a watch. It's a really good documentary. I think um, if you're in this country, I think BBC had it on iPlayer. Um, but it was made by ESPN originally. Um, so it, it can be found online. It's brilliant. It's really good. I shall have to give that a go. Really good. Even if you don't I like football, know. I'm interested in football. It is, it is great. It's a really good documentary. Yeah, I've, I've got that in the back of my head, but I don't really read into anything sort of like, well, just anything really. Um, but like, I didn't know anything about Pablo Escobar until I was doing the research, well, my sort of research for this show. Um, I knew nothing about him, really. And then I started reading into him. And he's really quite an interesting guy. Um, so the king of cocaine, he helped to found a Medellin cartel who dominated the cocaine trade. And at the height of his sort of power, he was earning $420 million every week. Wow at the height of his power. I mean, that is just ridiculous. And it was one of the wealthiest people in the world. Um, and in the late eighties, you'll love this. He offered to pay off his country's debt in return um, for exemption from any extradition treaty that they were going to present against him. Um, he was so rich um, that um, around $2 billion of his wealth was just written off every year. Cause obviously you can't keep it in any, you know, sort of, Colombian bank it had to be just kept in cash so we'd keep it in warehouses and just offices and sort of stuff like that but it just either got stolen or they reckon it got eaten by rats and mice <laughs> and stuff like that so they, he just wrote off to bill billion pound every year but it didn't matter because he's earning 420 million dollars a week so it's a ludicrous amount of money can you imagine what floor space that must take up that's ridiculous. But the thing is, as well, that whole, that whole thing of offering to pay off a country's debt, it's like, that's an interesting trade-off, isn't it? It's like, are you going to let, basically, the ultimate cocaine baron 
swamp the world or you know america whatever with his product but you could you could be debt free as a country you could invest is it worth having that money to invest in like education and healthcare and all this sort of stuff in the country for them just to grow up and become cokeheads anyway <laughs> <laughs> well the story sort of goes on to that tangent actually right so he actually owned a private zoo of 200 animals. Oh, um, yeah, I was aware of it. Yeah. yeah, so he had elephants, ostriches, zebras, giraffes. You know, he's not messing about with ants and frogs and stuff like that. You know, he's, he's got a proper zoo in his house. Didn't you mess about with Quite. tigers? Because um, the whole Scarface thing, isn't it? Scarface references that, the, the, where Scarface has a tiger. Isn't that a reference to Escobar? Um, you're talking to the wrong person about film. Oh, you've never seen Scarface? No. You'd enjoy it. I know you don't like film, right. but everyone, everyone can watch Scarface. It's... Yeah. Well, what happened, right? So when he died in 1993, obviously this zoo is... I'll say zoo, like you can't go and visit here or anything, you know, but it's effectively a zoo, isn't it? So um, he died in 1993, and I'll come back to that, but four hippos were left behind. All the animals were, were moved out to real zoos, except these four hippos. But in the sort of later years... The hippos were, you know, doing hippo sex. Um, and, in, and in 2016, upwards of 40 hippos lived in that area where his house was. Um, so, I mean, he's rivaling David Attenborough, isn't he? You know, could David Attenborough make that sort of stuff happen? I mean, what a conservationist this guy is. He's dead and he's making hippos multiply. This is fucking ridiculous, isn't it? I'm fascinated, by, I'm fascinated by bad people who do good things. Yeah, well, so on that note, hoping to win the support of normal Colombians, he also built hospitals, stadiums and houses for the poor. So um, he sponsored local football teams and he was elected to Congress in 1982, but was forced to resign after two years um, after a campaign. Um, was sort of taking place to expose what criminal he was. So the justice minister that was leading the campaign was assassinated. Right. So, yeah. Right, so 1991, he then offered to turn himself in, but on the condition that he could build his own prison. Amazing. Yeah. Um, So the government agreed... And he built a place called La Cathedral, right? Um, in La Cathedral, he had a nightclub, a sauna, a waterfall, a football pitch. Uh, bear in mind, we're in the early 90s here. He had phones, computers and fax machines. Um, however, while he was there, um, he tortured and killed two cartel members. And then, because of this, was then moved to a real prison. But before he was transferred there, he escaped in July 1992. Um, he was then tracked down to his hideout where he was enjoying cake, wine and cannabis for his 44th birthday. <laughs> um, the, um, he was then stormed, like the, his hideout was stormed and a gunfight ensued. He was shot, which is apparently up for debate because um, it's thought that um, he might have committed suicide because his theory was that He'd rather be in a grave in Colombia than in a jail cell in America because yeah. they wanted to extradite him to the US of A. 
So, um, yeah, he died in, um, well, day after his 44th birthday, July 1992. He's got his own museum, would you believe, in the same place where poker is brewed. Uh, I've not got it written down, but it's in the same place. The, the, his gangs that he left the legacy because his gangs his business still maintained I'm sure it maintained itself for a while afterwards I've no idea it's, it's just a ludicrous place like, I love it I just I feel like he's got a real story behind him you know like um, well, they made a, the, yeah, they made a, a, yeah they made a TV show called Narcos which I, th- Narcos, which I think is about him I've never watched it. It's on Netflix. I've never watched it. I'm going to have to watch it because, like, like how Banksy has like this mystical sort of everyone, you know, sort of wants to know who he is and all that sort of stuff. Like, I feel I need to know more about this guy. I am now Pablo Escobar's biggest fan. Seriously, I, I think he's brilliant. I'm going to look more into the guy. I'm going to um, ask you. Oh, sorry. Have you got more Escobar? Can I ask you a question? Um, are you going off on something else, or are you coming back to Pablo? My uh, Pablo. I, I, I can segue. Right, I'll just throw this one in there quick. So I'm Pablo's biggest fan after a guy called Stephen Simmons. Yeah. Have you heard have you heard of this guy? Never heard of him. No, he's Welsh, right? So in twenty eighteen this Welsh man called Stephen Simmons um was filmed on his Facebook live snorting cocaine off Pablo's grave. Um, and I've watched <laughs> the video, it's fucking brilliant. He gets this little bag out, he's just sort of dashes it around, lines it up, and he just snorts it. And he turns right, he says like a few things to the camera and that. Um, basically, it came about because he was there for seven months after he'd been on holiday in Ibiza. Um, he got a Colombian girl pregnant. So he went over to, I don't know what his intentions were. Like maybe he had good intentions, you know, look after this Colombian and his kid and all this sort of stuff. Um, so anyway, he was over there for seven months. Um, I think he must have been with a friend or something like that got caught obviously on his Facebook and then he was in a bar later that night or week or something and he apparently saw his own face on the national news that he'd been disrespecting Pablo's grave um, and all the locals were after him <laughs> um, so he had to go along with it saying like what a bastard this bloke is he's literally sitting in a bar surrounded <laughs> by Colombians going on about what a wanker this guy is and all that he's literally him um, that's the Brits for you isn't it but but now um, he's banned from Colombia, um, and he works in Shoe Zone in South, South Wales. <laughs> Brilliant! What the- Shoe Zone snorter? Perfect captain. <laughs> that story. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, right, ask, I'm asking, posing you a hypothetical question. So the condition is, you would never get caught. No one would ever. Your wife would never know you'd done it. You'd never get arrested for it. If you were offered cocaine to try just once, no repercussions, would you do it? Um, no, I wouldn't, personally. Would you? I don't know. I'd be tempted. Just to say I've tried it. See what the fuck in fact, in fact, I've been offered it. Have you? Yeah, one of my oldest best friends went through a spell, haven't it, a few years ago. There's a, an office well, a company in our local area that's got a big problem with it amongst their staff base, um, of which he's one of them. Um, and it, you, I think it's not as bad now as it used to be, but it's quite well known, um, you know, among the senior managers. In fact, I'm willing to bet that the owner of the firm is involved with it as well. 
Um, but yeah, a few years ago, in fact, the night that my wife and I got together, um, said friend had been on the Coke that evening. Yeah. Um, and he's all I can remember is his eyes. And all he ever tells me is that it's if you're sitting in a room, so it's like there's no no ceiling on the room. Like the the room just goes on forever. It's like you can touch the sky. <laughs> and it, it's funny when he talks about it. he's he's not addicted to it, and he genuinely isn't. Because um, I had big issues with him having it when he did. Um, but you know, to be fair to me, I hasn't become addicted to it, and he. He probably still does it. Doesn't say anything to me anymore because I kicked off. So I've had um, friends, so, people that have, that have had it and, and and not not been addicted to it and have had it and stuff. But I've never, I've just, I've just, it's never really interested me to be honest because it's always sort of a what if and you just you just like oh, just, oh, I've never really been my thing. But no, me neither. Same with um, weed and stuff like that. That's really never interested me. Yeah, um, never but... a big weed guy. Never, no, not really. It's just not for me. Uh, right, barbecue. You having this at a barbecue? This poker? Definitely. Yeah, I, I would, yeah. Yeah, would It'd you? Be a great barbecue beer. During the summer, you could sink a load of these, and I don't think you'd even feel pissed after 10 of them. It's thirst quen- It's a good session beer. It's, thirst- it's a thirst-quenching session beer, if a bit bland. That's probably the best thing I'd, I'd say about this. The Ambassador's yeah. not cooking it. It's too much of a common man's beer. Yeah, I think you're right there. Making the grade for that. Right, just before we go... Can we quickly discuss some Colombian sports? Yes. Right. Have you ever heard of a sport called Tejo? T-E-J-O. No, I haven't. Well, you're going to love this. Right. So it's basically if you're in a pub or a bar in England and you've got people playing darts, pool, snooker, whatever, it gets better in Colombia. It's a traditional throwing sport. So your average working man will be down the bar drinking a, a bottle, draft, can, whatever it is, a poker. And while they're doing it, instead of throwing darts, they'll be throwing rocks at this small target. In Basically, it's like a bowling alley, so, I don't know, 15 metres or something down like an alley. Yep. Um, and there's a, a box of sand, say, two foot square. Yep. At the end, and in the middle of it, there's a target. So you're aiming your rock for this target. But if you miss... The target is in case, like, sort of rings around it. There's sort of detonators, basically the, sort of a small little bomb with a load of gunpowder in it. So if you hit it with your your rock, then you're going to cause a small explosion. I don't really know what the scoring method is for any of this. I presume the more of these small bombs that you hit, you know, like I presume that's like a life gone. Yeah. I mean, I that must be, I mean, that sounds amazing. There's a couple of drawbacks in a pub. One in a bar. So what if there's live music? That's a problem. And also, like, how do you like when is it game over when you run out of explosives? Does it like one in the sand and that's and that's the game and that's game over? I presume so. Yeah, like, I didn't look into the finer depths of it, but my assumption would be that say there wasn't many of them. There was probably say half a dozen of these little yeah. bombs around the target. Um, and your aim is to get as near to the target as possible. So one would assume, say, I hit four bombs. That means I've lost, surely, because then you can't, yeah, um, I can't be yeah. beaten by me. Yeah, that would be my assumption, but I don't really know. But 
there's videos of it online. Um, the ones that I've seen, people actually drinking poker while they're doing it. Um, but it seems to be in some sort of, not like a warehouse, but it's a bigger sort of environment. What I'd assume to be like the sort of back garden of a pub, but it's got a bit of a sort of marquee yeah. kind of thing going on. You know, like, like at the start of this last lockdown when they said that you couldn't be outdoors, so all the local pubs started putting marquees up in the garden. A bit like that. So, so yeah, that's all I've got on Columbia, really. Uh, just before we rate, um, just to come back to something earlier in the show, um, uh, I can confirm that Shakira's breasts are still small and humble. And, uh, and part of the reason why I know that is I had to jog my memory because Shakira and Jennifer Lopez did the halftime show of the Super Bowl in 2020. So nearly a year ago, Google that. it's been a year. It's five minutes of pure filth, um, both of them in absolute peak form, just grinding and being just absolutely outrageous. Were they playing up to it? Like to each other, playing up to it and no, like, not like no full well what they're doing. Like. Yeah, not less than out or anything, but it's very suggestive, very like... They're just stunning. I mean, they're both stunning women, but it's, just, it's just, honestly just watch it um, in, in the highest resolution you can on the biggest screen you can in a, in a dark room with the issues. If you're watching, if, if you're watching it in the room with your wife, you need a you need a strategically placed cushion. <laughs> she might like it as well. <laughs> I'm t- well, maybe. Well, I'm telling you, it, it's in, it was incredible. Um, so, so yeah. Also. Um, Coming up to her tenth anniversary with Gerard Piquet, uh, Shakira, loyal woman. Yeah. Um, right, ratings. Okay, are we are we are we ready to rate this? I'm ready. Right, let's go. Fingers. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Both gone five. Yeah, gone five. Yeah. Middle of the road beer in it. It is. It, it feels like it. It's, I don't know, is it disappointed in some way? It feels like it's got so much more to give. It could it's have got been. that initial bit of something, but it's got a nice little flavour, but it just doesn't give me the oomph that I it feel has, like it needs. It has a couple of things going for it. It's very drinkable. I'd say it's a good session beer. It's a good sort of barbecue type beer in terms of a, something you want to drink in bulk. Very easy to drink. Um, but just it's just kind of bland and just it's missing something it's missing something that elevates it to, to something better and it's 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 lacking in flavor um at least anything distinctive it's like an it's like a, a better version of say the type of beer that snow is yeah um it's a much better version of that type of beer and it's kind of weak a bit watery um, it's just forgettable isn't it yeah yeah, for, yeah it's, it's the least least lagery beer that we've had least lagery lager in fact, I know having said that, we've got the likes of Mythos and Snow, haven't we? They weren't really lagery lager. I mean, it, it, it's not quite as bad as them, but it's just one of the forgettable ones. Like you were saying about Cristal and Pesenia. and Bolivia, I'm sure that, that was a bit better. I'm sure there's probably more sort of middling, middling, middle-of-the-road beers that we've had that I, I can't even remember the names of. That It's, it's just lumped in with them. I'm not going to yeah. remember it. Not for its taste, anyway. Experience. was one that sprang to mind that was one that the one that, that, that this most reminded me of Presidente probably another one yeah um, there's another similar lines the kind of the, the common man you know hard day doubt pit <laughs> um, <laughs> snorting cocaine 
Hey, tell you what, um, what's something that both me and you can do that Donald Trump can't? We could tweet. We can. And where can people find us? At FTLOB pod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> just, for can't of, do that, can he? Just, just for the benefit of the listener, um, we've actually had to record the back end of this episode twice because of a, a fuck up with Zoom. And the first time we did it, um, Mark totally didn't get what I was on about and totally fucked up the segue. <laughs> <laughs> Worked perfectly this time, but though, that didn't was, it? <laughs> like a charm. That was, that was probably the smoothest piece of broadcasting meal you've ever done. <laughs> Right, um, that's it from us. We'll be back next time um, with uh, a sort of a twist on a bucket list beer. We're going back to a country we've already done, technically to a beer that we've already done, but we're going to do it better. And by that, I mean the beer is going to be, um, uh, we think, more authentic to the country. We just we have a, we had unfinished business with this beer in this country, so we decided that um, that we're going to go back and we're going to do it again and we're going to do it better. Um, so look forward to that hopefully in the next couple of weeks ish have to see how things go with COVID and things we're trying to keep things as regular for you as possible but obviously it's it's difficult um, with with um, the way things are and we hope that you're keeping well I think if you're in the UK I don't think it's ever been as bad as this um, the amount of people that are dying and it's just awful awful, awful. it's just getting worse isn't it, <laughs> it is. um, and and uh, and that's with the vaccine and stuff now now doing the rounds so this is the case of seeing out hopefully in the next few months and hope for better later in the year. So wherever you are in the world, um, thanks again for listening. Um, please, uh, if you haven't already, give us a five-star review. Um, subscribe um, on whichever app it is that you listen to us on. Tell your friends. Uh, you can also email us um, for the love of beer at gmail.com. Um, or on Facebook, obviously, Twitter and Instagram, as, as Mark said. Get in touch with us. Um, and, and let us know what you think of the show. If you've got any beers you want to recommend for us or things you want us to drink or things you're interested in us, interest, interested in us uh, doing an episode about, because obviously we're going to be running film content pretty soon, um, then then get in touch. Um, in the meantime, on behalf of myself and Mark, stay safe um, and, uh, and all the best, and we'll be back very soon. Bye-bye. All I want to do is drink beer for breakfast.